friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, February the 9th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness. And on this February 9th, I need to, in a special way, uh, just send my love to our Renee's and my oldest, Seamus, who turns 27 today. And it is amazing, Seamus. You have been such a blessing in our lives, and we are so proud of you. And where on earth did the time go? Um, So, my friends, okay, we are moving into the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time. It is going to be the last Sunday in Ordinary Time you and I will be in together until June, early June. And uh, why? Because this coming Wednesday on the 14th, we begin the season of Lent. Of course, as you know, that goes 40 days. Then after that, we are going to celebrate the season of Easter for 50 days. And on the two weekends following, um, even though, you know, after Pentecost, uh, the weekdays will be ordinary time. On the two weekends following, we have feast days, always do. Uh, The Feast of the Holy Trinity follows the Feast of Pentecost. And then the Feast of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ, what used to be called Corpus Christi, follows that. And then we get into ordinary time again. That'll be the 10th Sunday in ordinary time. And you think, well, Joe, this is the 6th Sunday in ordinary time, and that's the 10th. What happened to the, you know, the middle ones, 7, 8, and 9? Well, you know, they didn't just fly away. It's the same reason we never have a first Sunday in ordinary time, but that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> and, and effectively, it's this. Even though the Sunday isn't the ordinary time, the days during the week are, okay? So after Pentecost, it would be the seventh Monday of ordinary, or the Monday of the seventh, seventh week of ordinary time, uh, even though the, the feast day would happen the next week. I know it's confusing. It probably deserves a longer conversation. But right now, that's not my focus. I, I hope that's okay. We are going to continue through uh, Mark, of course, and we're going to pick up exactly where we left off. Um, but the first reading, of course, is what we're going to do as well. Leviticus 13, uh, verses 1 to 2, and then 44 to 46. You'll see the thread easily in the, the first reading in the gospel today. Mark picks up exactly where we left off last week. I'll talk a little bit more about that when we, uh, when we finish. But Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. So a little bit shorter readings today. I'm going to try to keep it on the shorter side. I've gone a little long in the last couple of weeks for you. So we'll see if I accomplish that. But as always, brothers and sisters, one, I'm grateful you are, are breaking open God's word with me. I truly am. Uh, I am honored to be able to do that with you. Um, but secondly, however it is, you open yourself and invite God's spirit to move within you, among you, um, to, to help you not only understand the word in our mind, but in our very being and take it within us so that we may act upon it differently and in a new way. Hey, however you do that, I invite you to do that at this time as we dive into God's word together. A reading from the book of Leviticus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, If someone has on their skin a scab or postule or blotch, 
which appears to be the sore of leprosy. They shall be brought to Aaron the priest, or to one of the priests among his descendants. If the man is leprous and unclean, the priest shall declare them unclean by reason of the sore on their head. The one who bears the sore of leprosy shall keep their garments rent and their head bare, and shall muffle their beard. They shall cry out, Unclean! Unclean! As long as the sore is on their head, they shall declare themselves unclean, since they are, in fact, unclean. They shall dwell apart, making their abode outside the camp. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As always, for those who are new to the podcast, if there was a word, if there was an image, if there was an idea, if there was a phrasing that that popped out at you while you heard that word or this coming word, that is one of the ways, not the only way, one of the ways God speaks to us. I invite you to just I mean, as I always say, if you need to turn off the podcast right now, that's great. Sit with what the Spirit is doing within you through that word, phrase, image, idea, whatever that is, and allow God to speak to you that way. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down, begged him and said, if you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it. Be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I keep thinking, Hey, Mr. Leper. Jesus said, don't tell anyone. How come you went off and spread it everywhere? Now, come on. You know, and so my my thought throughout the years has been, come on, Mr. Leper. Why, this man just healed you. You can at least honor his request, right? Which, of course, at some level, it's, it's, it's true. But, but Jesus set him up to fail. It's like, come on, Jesus. This guy's been a leper. You know, everybody knows it. He has to go around crying unclean, unclean. All of a sudden, he doesn't have to do that. They're going to ask him why. <laughs> you can't just say, hey, it was the raisin bran I ate last week, right? You know, really worked. It was great stuff. Um, of course, he's going to tell people, come on, Jesus. That's just not going to happen. Um, an amazing, amazing thing. So, Mark, okay, remember. We've been in Mark, and we've been reading Mark sequentially uh, for, what, five weeks now? We're still in chapter one. Um, so right away, and, and we've not missed a verse, by the way, not a verse. If you, if you miss 
or excuse me, four weeks ago, I want to say Jesus uh, came out of the, after his baptism, he was out in the desert, right? And then he came out from there, and immediately the first thing he did was walk along the seashore and uh, called Peter and Andrew, James and John. And that was, you know, what, three, four weeks ago, that was our gospel. Then immediately afterward, I mean, again, didn't miss a verse, we, he went into the, to the synagogue and began to teach with authority. And they're like, who is this person? Whoa, teaches with authority. That's crazy. So it's the same day. Then immediately after that, last week's gospel, they went to Peter's house, right? And the mother-in-law was ill. And everybody from the town came around him. And, but then he went off to pray. And they said, hey, there's lots of people looking for you. And he's like, well, we have a, a duty. We, we were called elsewhere too, right? And, uh, and that's where we left off, that the elsewhere. And so that was all in a day. Mark's all been in a day so far once he comes back from the, the wilderness. Um, and that's what we've heard. And now this is the beginning of the next day. Uh, and, and we don't know whether it's, it is indeed the next day or time has passed. So, but, but Mark, Jesus in Mark is a man in a hurry. Because remember, the first words out of Jesus' mouth were, the kingdom of God is at hand. After he came back from the desert, the kingdom of God is at hand. The, and and he's, he's putting out his thesis, okay? We've got, we've, we're in a fight. And uh, if we are going to participate in the kingdom and establish the kingdom of God, we need to make sure that the kingdom of the evil one is overcome, okay? And, uh, and so Mark has Jesus doing it immediately. I mean, through the healings, through his teaching, uh, through the call of, uh, of disciples and the creation of the church. And so we see more of that today. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about leprosy. Before we get to the gospel, let's go back to, to Leviticus, okay? Levitical law. So here's what we heard. If someone has a skin or scab or postule or blotch, you know, they, they have the sort of leprosy, they are to be brought to Aaron the priest. They were the gatekeepers of the community. And they were to be, you know, declared unclean. And when you declare your yourself unclean when you have been declared unclean you tear your garments you wear your head bare uh, you shout unclean and you have to live apart from the community all right now that sounds incredibly harsh right Um, but remember what they're attempting to do here is not they're not attempting to just say oh you know we don't care about this person anymore get away from what they care about is is the primacy of community. We want to keep the community safe. Um, and so it's not a valueless thing. It's, a, it's very valued. And the community was the cherished value, just like family was the value uh, within that, uh, that culture. And, and of course, that is community, right? That's the, the church of the home, as they say. But, uh, but the community was the heart, and so they, they were taking these people apart. Now, remember, now I don't know what you think of when you think of leprosy. I think of, you know, certain uh, movies that have, you know, appendages falling off, and people are just, you know, like, it's they're barely, their limbs are barely holding on, and they're these just terrible things. Um, but really, uh, it's, what we heard is, if you've got a scab on your skin, or a postule, uh, a blotch, I mean, if you have swelling that's going on, if you had 
alopecia and you were losing your hair, uh, if you have eczema and just had blotchy skin, if you have a rash, um, I've got rosacea. If I, it goes untreated, it, it has, has a rash. Um, anything like that would be leprous because they were worried that it could be contagious and therefore you have to go aside from the community. I think many of us would probably be within that boat back in the day. Okay, why am I talking about this? Because, brothers and sisters, here's the effects of that. And this is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about shame. All right? Um, I remember my mother uh, years ago. Now, mom died 15 years ago, almost 16 years ago. And, uh, but I remember years before that. So let's say 30 years ago. Mom would talk about uh, all the shame that she carried within her. And uh, that was, it was striking to me because I not only do I remember it, I, I remember thinking, oh, wow, that's, that's something I don't, I don't deal with and, and mom does. Um, and, and what does that do to her? Well, shame, brothers and sisters, is that idea, not only that I did something wrong or I did something poorly or I, I misjudged or I did something badly, you know, whatever it is. But it's the idea that I am wrong, or I am poor, or I am bad, that I become that. And people who carry a large amount of shame, often uh, symptoms of that will be people that carry a great amount of anxiety, or perhaps they are um, clinically depressed, Uh, perhaps they deal with addiction issues. Perhaps they are um, perfectionists. Why? Why? Because uh, that voice in their head is always saying, uh, you're not good enough. Uh, you're not like everybody else. You're not normal. You're not doing it well. And they try to escape that through perfectionism because if I do everything well, then you won't think that. And maybe I can outrun those voices in my head or through uh, addiction uh, because I just need to calm those voices from time to time uh, and not hear them. Um, or obviously depression. Or, I mean, all these things that can lead to it. Why am I talking about shame? Because, um, because we're talking about leprosy, right? We're talking about unclean. I want to I close the, the loop on the story. Um, my mother did deal with addiction issues. My mother deal, did deal with depression issues. Uh, which were a direct result of shame. And, and where did they come from? It came from voices in her head. Where did those come from? Maybe her mother when she was young. I know there were things there. Um, my point, and, and, and in recent years, I realized, oh, Joe, you're not that different than your mother. I realized how much shame I carry. And brothers and sisters, I say that to you. I've never, I don't, in my memory, in my memory, I've never said to myself, you are bad, Joe, or you are wrong, or you are poor, or you are the problem. But in my memory, I chastise myself. In my mind's eye, in my, in my, those voices in my head that we all carry around, we carry around those voices from our childhood of people that told us we did something wrong or we did it wrong. And, and maybe when we're kids, we just, we don't, we don't see the difference between doing something wrong and being wrong. I don't know. But, but those voices pop up. And to the extent that we listen to them, brothers and sisters, that's shame. 
That's shame. And it sets us apart from the community. It sets us apart from others. Not because they do. Not because they're looking at us and saying, Joe, you are poor or you are bad or you are wrong. But because uh, we do it to ourselves and we self-regulate. Now, I'm going to get to the other part. Because the, in our culture and in our church and in our families, we do have, uh, have separate, we do have walls and we do have uh, ins and outs and people that can be in and, can, and cannot be in. Um, and so we do this on a cultural level even now. But brothers, we do it to ourselves too. And imagine if you were a leper back in the time of Leviticus or even in Jesus' time that you had to set yourself apart merely because you had eczema, all right? And you had to shout, unclean, unclean, whenever you approached anyone. At what level would those words seep into you and not just say, I am unclean on the outside, but I am unclean. That is who I am as a person. I am forgotten of God. I am not good. Brothers and sisters, it is a fine line and it is a fuzzy, fuzzy place. And, and again, I, I don't know about your journey. I know about mine. And as I looked more and more into who I am and what I carry with me, I realized, oh, Joe, there's, there's a heap of shame in there. And I don't know that I'm that different than a lot of people. I think we all carry it. And we all self-exile. And we all, for whatever reason, listen to those voices that say, unclean, unclean. And we separate um, from our loved ones, even our spouses or our children or our parents or our siblings or our friends. Uh, maybe not separate physically, uh, but maybe we back off. Or maybe we separate through whatever addiction or whatever actions we try to, to, to cover this with. Because those darn voices in our head. Okay? But here's the wonderful thing. Did you hear it in the gospel? Um, the, the, the leper comes up to Jesus and says, if you wish, you can make me clean. And what does Jesus say? I'm not so sure. You know, you're, you're kind of bad. You're kind of poor. You've done things wrong. You're not, you're not, you're not doing things perfectly, you know, or, or you've struggled with depression. Uh, you, you, you're, you're anxious all the time. Uh, you're, you're, you're depressed. I don't know. No, if you wish you can make me clean. And Jesus moved with pity, touches them. Doesn't, doesn't allow you and I to remain separate. Doesn't allow us to say, stay at a distance. And he says, I do will it be made clean. I do will your you be healed of that, those voices in your head that say you are unclean. I do will that you who live a lonely, exiled life, apart from the heart of the community, apart from the rest, the value of this culture, you who have separated yourself, I do will that you no longer live separately. Isn't it interesting? The only ones, Jesus does how many healings in the Gospels, right? But the only ones, and, and you look this up, maybe I'm, I'm wrong, and you can, you can nail me on this. Um, Jesus says to him, okay, see that you tell anyone. He puts that, that, that on him. But go show yourself to the priest and offer the cleansing that Moses prescribed. Why does he do that? Because the priest was the gatekeeper 
who was the one who declared them unclean? And the, the priest is the gatekeeper that will also say, you are welcome back in community. You are clean now. Because our God knows, brothers and sisters, and this is the important part, and I'll end with this. Our God didn't make us to be individuals. He made us for community. We are made for other people. And I know there are those out there. I've heard it all my life. And they carry parts of the truth that, oh, I don't need to go to church because God is out in nature. God is is where I am. And you know what? They are not wrong. God is bigger. God always is bigger. God is where you are right now, in your car or in your home, wherever you are. God is there. But brothers and sisters, we are made for community. And I know some people don't like to go to church because, oh, they're, they're a bunch of hypocrites there. Yes, they are. That's precisely the point, is we don't need to be perfectionists in order to enter this community. Otherwise, we're all wearing masks because we're trying to hide our shame. Brothers and sisters, we are all, I'll use that word sinners, and it carries all kinds of baggage with it. We are all hypocrites. We are all imperfect. Can I say that? And it's a community of that in which we can allow ourselves to be loved in our imperfections and love other people in theirs. Because that's really the only place we let ourselves be loved, isn't it? And that's where we need to be loved. Not with all our masks and all our show. I want to be loved in in reality. We are made for community, brothers and sisters. And, And Jesus knew that. I don't know what voices are in your head today. I don't know what's going on. But here's what I know. You are not unclean. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you do things poorly, have done so. My hand's raised right now. Me too. Me too. But you are loved and you are good because our God made you that way. And if our God could stay, sit in front of you today and sit in front of me today and we could weep in front of him and, and say, if you will, you I can be made clean. You, you, can, you can move me beyond this. Our God would look at you and does look at you and says, I do will it. I do will it. Be made clean. You who have carried this burden far too long and in uh, this exile. Last thing I'll say is, okay, brothers and sisters, if indeed what I say is true, and I believe it is, um, there are people all around us who we may see as anxious or perfectionist or depressed or addicted, or other, whatever else, you know, symptoms. And that may be showing that they're carrying shame. How do we reach out to them and not let them stay exiled and and stay in their own um, condition? And the other question is, who in our families, who in our churches, who in our culture are outsiders, who we have these walls that we're like, okay, there's the vast washed and the unwashed. There's the clean and the unclean. There's the good and the bad. Who are the ones on the outside of that that we need to break down those walls and allow in? Because they're there. Brothers and sisters, if you and I are in a war, in a fight to establish the kingdom of God in this world, no less than Jesus, because we carry that mission, we carry that, that spirit within us, we've been baptized into it. If we are in that fight, and we have to be active about it. How do we help break down that wall and invite those who are separate, who need community, into that community? Let's pray. 
So we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen, the fifth luminous mystery, the institution of the Eucharist. Again, that which is the heart of our community. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. I know I went long again. I just gab. I'm going to try. We'll see. We'll see what happens next week. Have a wonderful Ash Wednesday, a wonderful weekend, wonderful Ash Wednesday as we enter into this new season uh, next Wednesday. And we'll see you next week with the first Sunday of Be well.